Chapter 14 of Frigid Fracas by Mac Reynolds. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Dale Grothman. Dr. Nadine Hire, Category Medicine, Mid Upper Caste, was driving and with considerable enjoyment, resultant not only from her destination, long desired, now to be realized, but also from the sheer exuberance of handling the vehicle. Since prehistory, man's pleasure in the physical control of a speedy vehicle has been superlative particularly when that vehicle is known by the driver to be unique in its class the hittite charioteer bowling across the landscape of anatolia a sterling moss carefully tooling his automobile around the multiple curves of the upper cornice on the riviera or nadine har delicately trimming the controls of the sports model hovercar she shot a quick glance at joe mauser formerly of category military formerly rank major now an unemployed middle middle who slouched in the bucket seat next to her he noticed neither speed nor direction nadine called above the wind zen joe where did you ever acquire such a car it must have been built entirely by hand and by swiss watchmakers joe stirred and shrugged newly from the hospital he was still deep in the gloom of his recent loss of the dream the defeat of his lifelong ambitions he said a buff gave it to me she slowed down the better to frown at him in amazement gave it to you why the thing is priceless joe sighed and told her the salient details quite a few mercenaries managed to acquire a private fracas buff he defined the terms for her he makes a hobby of your career winds up knowing more about it than you yourself can possibly remember he follows every fracas you get into knows every time you cop one how serious it was and how long you were in hospital he glories every time you get a promotion is in gloom every time your side loses a fracas he's got a picture of you in various poses taken from the fracas buff magazines and files away all the articles in which your name appears zen nadine laughed in deprecation that's just the beginning after a while he starts writing you fan letters wanting autographed portraits wanting a souvenir sometimes nothing more exciting than a button off your uniform more often they want a gun sword or combat knife particularly one they saw you use in some fracas or other they usually offer to pay for such sometimes quite fabulous amounts other times they want a bit of bloody uniform your own true blood from the time when you were in the drill and managed to cop one nadine was astonished antagonistic as she was herself to the fracases she wasn't particularly knowledgeable about all their ramifications she said repelled but doesn't such morbidity disgust you this fawning this slobbering joe grunted all part of the game a mercenary without buffs to boost him to form fracas buff clubs and such hasn't much chance of promotion so far as disgust is concerned you'd have to see one of the really far out ones the gleam in an ordinary fish-like eye when he recounts the time you killed three men 
in hand-to-hand combat equipped only with an entrenching tool when they came at you with bayonets the trace of spittle running down from the side of his mouth and this buff of yours why did he give you this perfectly marvelous car it was a she not a he joe said nadine's voice changed infinitesimally you mean you accepted a gift of this value from a woman he looked at her and grinned sourly i wasn't in much of a position to refuse the gift was in her will she was well into her nineties when she died she was an upper upper by the way and the most knowledgeable fracas buff i ever met she knew the intimate details of every fracas since tilgath peisler and his assyrians captured babylon she could argue for an hour over whether parmenian or alexander the great should have been given the credit for the victory over the persians at isis joe grunted i suppose there should be a moral somewhere about this kindly old lady who was the outstanding fracas buff of them all nadine har was in the process of hitting the drop lever with her left hand as they slowed and headed for the entrance of the parking area she said brittily the moral is that you can have slobs in any level of society being an upper doesn't guarantee anything joe sighed here we go again he looked around him scowling which brings to mind where are we going these are government buildings aren't they they were sinking quickly below the street level now in the power of the auto parker nadine turned off the engine and released the controls she said cryptogrammically we are going to see about doing something with your abilities other than shooting at people or being shot at when the car was parked she led the way to an elevator joe said wryly oh great i love mysteries when do we find out who killed the victim nadine looked at him from the side of her eyes i killed the victim she said major mauser mercenary by trade is now no more there was bitterness in him and he found no ability to respond to what was meant as humor in her words he followed her silently and his puzzlement grew with him the office building through which they moved was as well done as any he could remember having observed even on the telly surely they couldn't be in the octagon or the new white house but if so why nadine said here we are and indicated a door which opened at their approach there was a receptionist in the small office beyond a bit of ostentation joe mauser seldom met with in the modern world what in the name of zen could anyone need with other than an auto receptionist didn't efficiency mean anything here the receptionist said good afternoon dr hare mr holland is expecting you it came to joe now philip holland secretary to harlow manheimer the minister of foreign affairs he had met the man a few months ago at nadine's house in a swank section of greater washington once known as baltimore but he had no idea what nadine had in mind bringing him here evidently she was well enough into the graces of the bureaucracy to barge into his office during working hours surprising in itself since although she was an upper born still governmental servants can't be at the beck of every hereditary aristocrat in the land 
Holland stood up briefly at their entrance and shook hands quickly, almost abruptly, held a chair for Nadine, motioned to another one for Joe. He sat down again and said into the interoffice telemic, Miss McHale, the dossier on Joseph Mauser, and would you request Frank Hodgson to drop in? What was obviously the dossier slid from the desk chute, and Holland leafed through it as though disinterested. He said, Joseph Mauser, born mid lower, clothing category, subdivision shoes, branch repair. Holland looked up. A somewhat plebeian beginning, let us admit. A tick manifested itself at the side of Joe Mauser's mouth, but he said nothing. If long years in the military had taught him anything, it was patience. The other man had the initiative now. Let him use it. Holland cast his eyes ceilingward, and without referring to the dossier before him, said, Crossed categories at the age of seventeen to military, remained a rank private for three years, at which time promoted to corporal. Sergeant followed in another three years, and upon reaching the rank of lieutenant at the age of twenty-five, was bounced in caste to high lower. After distinguishing himself in a fracas between Douglas Boeing and Lockheed Cessna, was further raised to low middle caste. By the age of thirty had reached mid-middle caste and rank captain. By thirty-three the present had been promoted to major and had been under consideration for upper middle caste. That last Joe had not known about, however he said now, also at present expelled from participating in future fracases on any level of rank, and find his complete resources beyond the basic common stock issued him as a mid-middle. His voice was bitter. Phil Holland said briskly, The risk run by the ambitious. The office door opened and a tall stranger entered. He had a strange gait, one shoulder held considerably lower than the other to the point that joe would have thought it the result of a wound hadn't the other obviously never been a soldier the newcomer office pallor heavily upon him but his air of languor obviously assumed and artificial darted his eyes around the room to holland nadine and then to joe where they rested for a moment he murmured some banality to nadine indicative of long acquaintance and then approached joe who had automatically come to his feet and extended a hand to be shaken. I'm Frank Hodson, your Joe Mauser. I'm not fracas buff, but I know enough about current developments to know that. Welcome aboard, Joe. Joe shook the hand offered in some surprise. Welcome aboard, he said. Hodgson looked at Phil Holland, his eyebrows raised in question. Holland said crisply, You're premature, Frank. Dr. Hare and Mauser have just arrived. Oh, the newcomer found himself a chair, crossed his legs, and fumbled in his pocket for a pipe, leaving it to the others to resume the conversation he had interrupted. Philip Holland said to Joe, Frank is the assistant to Wallace Pepper. He looked at Hodgson and frowned. I don't believe you have any other title, do you, Frank? I don't think so, Frank yawned. Can't think of any. Joe Mauser looked from one to the other, confusion adding to confusion within him. 
Wallace Pepper was the longtime head of the North American Bureau of Investigation, having held that position under the last four administrations. Nadine said dryly, Which goes to show you, Joe, just how much titles mean. Commissioner Pepper has been all but senile over the past five years. Frank here is the true head of the Bureau. Frank Hodgson said mildly, Why, Nadine, that's a rather strong statement. Joe blurted, Head of the Bureau of Investigation? I had gathered the impression I was being taken to meet some members of an underground organized for the purpose of, as it was put, changing the present rules of government. Frank Hodgson grinned at Nadine and laughed softly. That's a gentle way of describing revolution. Holland looked at Joe Mauser and said quickly, I'll try to take you off the hook as quickly as possible, Joe. Tell me, when you hear the word revolution, what comes first to your mind? Joe, flustered, said, Why, I don't know, fighting, riots, people running around in the streets with banners, that sort of thing. Hmm, Holland nodded, the common conception. However, a social revolution isn't, by definition, necessarily bloody. Picture a gigantic wheel, Joe. We call it the wheel of history. From time to time it makes a turn, forward, we hope, but sometimes backward. Such a turn is a revolution. Whether or not there is anybody under the wheel at the time of its turning is beside the point. The revolution takes place whether or not there's bloodshed. He thought a moment. Or you might compare it to childbirth. The fact that there is pain in childbirth, or, if through modern medical science the pain is eliminated, is beside the point. Childbirth consists of a new baby coming into the world. The mother might even die, but childbirth has taken place. She might feel no pain whatsoever under anesthetic, but childbirth has taken place. Joe said carefully, I'm no authority, but it seems to me that usually, if changes take place in a socio-economic system without bloodshed, we call it evolution. Revolution is when they take place with conflict. Holland shook his head. No, poor definitions. Among other things, don't confuse revolt, civil wars, and such with revolution. They aren't the same thing. You can have civil war, military revolts, and various civil disturbances without having a socio-economic revolution. Let's use this for an example. Take a fertilized egg. Inside of it, a chick is slowly developing, slowly evolving. But it is still an egg. The chick finally grows tiny wings, a beak, even little feathers. Fine, but so far, it's just evolution within the shell of the egg. But one day, that chick cannot develop further without breaking the shell and freeing itself of what was once its factor of defense but now threatens its very life. The shell must go. When that culminating action takes place, you have a revolutionary change, and we are no longer dealing with an egg, but a chicken. Joe, one by one, looked at the three of them. He said finally to Nadine, rather than the men, 
what's this got to do with me she leaned forward in her earnestness all your life you've been revolting against the status quo joe you've beaten your head against the situation that confronted you against a society you felt didn't allow you to develop your potentialities but now you admit that you've been wrong what is needed is to she shot a defiant glance at frank hudson to his amusement change the rules if the race is to get back onto the road to progress she shrugged very well you can't expect it to be done single-handed you need an organization others who feel the same way you do here we are he was truly amazed now when he had finally admitted interest in what nadine had hinted to be a subversive organization he had in mind some secretive group possibly making their headquarters in a hidden cellar complete with primitive printing press and possibly some weapons he most certainly hadn't expected to be introduced to the secretary of the foreign minister and the working head of the north american bureau of investigation joe blurted but but you mean your uppers are actually planning to subvert your own government holland said i'm not an upper i'm a mid-middle where are you frank darned if i know hodgson said i forget i think i was bounced up to upper middle about ten years ago for some reason or other but i was busy at the time and didn't pay much attention every once in a while one of the uppers i work with gets all excited about it and wants to jump me to upper but somehow or other we've never gotten around to it what difference does it make joe mauser was not the type to let his mouth fall agape but he stared at the other unbelievingly what's the matter hodgson said nothing joe said phil holland said briskly let's get on with it nadine his voice had a dry quality is one of our most efficient talent scouts it was no mistake i met you at her home a few weeks back joe she thought you were potentially one of us i admit to having formed the same opinion upon our brief meeting i now put the question to you directly do you wish to join our organization the purpose of which is admittedly to change our present socio-economic system as nadine put it get back on the road to progress yes joe said i do very well welcome aboard as frank said your first assignment will take you to budapest they were throwing these curves too fast for joe noted among his senior officers as a quick man thinking on his feet he still wasn't up to this sort of thing budapest he ejaculated the capital of the sov world but but why phil holland looked at him patiently there are many ramifications to revolution joe particularly in this present day with its frigid fracas which has gone on for generations between the west world and the sov world and the newt world standing at the sidelines glaring at us both you see really efficient revolutions may not look like revolutions at all just unusual results of historic accidents and if we're going to make this one peaceful we've got to take every measure to assure efficiency 
one of those measures involves a thorough knowledge of where the so world stands and what it might do if there were any signs of change in the status quo here in the west world frank hodgson said idly i believe you have met colonel lajos arped joe said puzzled still again why yes one of those military attaches an observer of our fracases to see whether or not the universal disarmament pact is violated but also colonel arpad is probably the most competent espionage agent working out of budapest that corseted giggling nincompoop frank hodgson laughed softly if even an old pro like yourself hadn't spotted him then we have one more indication of arpad's abilities phil holland took up the ball again the presence of colonel arpad in greater washington is no coincidence he is here for something we're not sure what however rumors have been coming out of the so world and particularly siberia and the more backward countries to the south such as Sinkiang. rumors of an underground organized to overthrow the soves and that religious thing nadine added frank hodgson murmured yes indeed we received two more reports of it today all looked at him he said to joe some fanatic in siberia a truvanian one of the turkic speaking peoples in the area once called tuvan tuva and now the tuvanian autonomous oblast he's attracted quite a following destroys the machines go back to the old ways till the soil by hand let the women spin and weave and make clothing on the hand loom once more ride horses rather than hovercraft and jets that sort of thing and oh yes kill those who stand in the way of this holy mission you mean this is catching hold in this day and age joe said like wildfire hodgins said easily and i wouldn't be too very surprised if it would do the same over here pressures are generating in this world of ours we'll either make changes peaceably or zen knows what will happen the soves haven't been exposed to religion for several generations joe probably the party heads had forgotten it as a potential danger here in the west world we do better the temple provides us a pressure valve in that particular area but i still wouldn't like to see our trank and telly bemused morons subjected to a sudden blast of revival type religion joe looked back at holland i still don't get my going to budapest how why when holland glanced at the desk watch and became brisk i have an appointment with the president he said we'll have to turn this over to some of the other members of this group they'll explain the details joe nadine's going too in her case as a medical attache in our embassy in budapest you will go as a military observer check on potential violations of the universal disarmament pact a sudden thought struck him i imagine it would add to your prestige and possibly open additional doors to you if you carried more status he looked again at the telly mic on his desk miss McHale, in my office there is joseph mauser now middle middle in cast please take the necessary steps to raise him to low upper immediately i'll clear this with tom 
and he'll authorize it as recommended through the White House. Is that clear? In a daze, Joe could hear the receptionist's voice. Yes, sir. Joseph Mauser to be raised to low upper caste immediately. The end of chapter 14 of Frigid Fracas by Mac Reynolds. Recording by Dale Grothman.